0: today let's start off with some prayer. Um, on June 20th, that weekend, we looked at we started looking at the Lord's Prayer uh, where Jesus' followers said, hey, uh, help us learn how to pray. And Jesus said, pray like this. And it started with, Father God in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we, we talked about this value of stopping to focus on who are we talking to. It's the giver of life, Jesus gives us this term of endearment, Abba Father, right? The giver of life, the provider, the one who's faithful in love, the one who really cares about us. Okay, so Abba Father who is in heaven, who's transcendent over everything else, helps us to just kind of set aside some time, just think about who we're talking to. God who is transcendent above everything else, who is not shaken by our problems, who is pure who is without default, who is strong, who's without weakness, who is all loving, who knows you perfectly and loves you. And so the value of praising God, of saying, God, you are worthy of my praise. You are wonderful. You are lovely. You are generous. I care about you. I say, God, you are more powerful than any other. You are more praiseworthy than any other. So I thought what we should do is maybe just start our time with that. Um, So will you just join me in prayer today? God, we come to you now believing, believing that you are who you said you are, believing that you are who people found you to be, that's written down in scripture and in history, that you are a God overflowing with love. You're the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and and there are your tender mercies are new every morning. We believe that your thoughts are higher than ours, your ways are higher than ours. You are all powerful, you know everything, you know everything about us, and yet you love us. You 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 show have shown us love. And God, we just say, You are the God above any other gods. You are worthy of the best of our praise, of the best of our energy and our love. And we say, God, we praise you. We declare you're wonderful, brilliant, fantastic, marvelous, glorious. You are a glorious God. There is no one like you. No one is like you, God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you have done. We worship you today. Lord, forgive us for anywhere that we have gone wrong. Cleanse us. Give us freedom. We make a fresh commitment to live in wholehearted devotion to you. Lord, we come to you before you today with humility. We worship you. We love you. We need you. I thank you for it, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, I want to have a look at this interaction between Jesus and his followers seen in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, and Luke chapter four, uh, 11, verses 1 through 4, where they say, Hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, Pray like this Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Wow. So as we just kind of discussed, we started with the beginning of the prayer uh, that Jesus helps us um, meditate for a moment, reflect for a moment, uh, and be worshipful, respectful of whom we're speaking to. Even with a a term of endearment, Abba Father, Jesus follows that with a term of glory, worthy of God, worthy of one who is above any other. And so that is, is, is our starting place. Now, in this place of reverence, of respect, of worship, Jesus brings in the kingdom. And one thing we've been reading through the New Testament together this year. And one thing you may have noticed as you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is that Jesus talked about the kingdom of God quite a bit. And he didn't give us this logical, dogmatic textbook about it. He gave a lot of different examples about it and he talked about it in a lot of different ways and it can get confusing and it's a big subject that I want to try to shine a little bit of light on today because we're going to focus today on this part of the prayer. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. So a kingdom is obviously an area ruled by the king. Now think about it in this sense. Jesus is saying, we're Father God who is in heaven. Rules above anyone or anything else. Where the glorious, pure, powerful love of God permeates everyone, everything. Where nothing stands in the way of God. And it's interesting because. Jesus talks about it in grammar that is both here and now and present and and coming in the future. Jesus talks about it as in terms of something that has arrived and something that is arriving now and something that will yet arrive in the future. And he talks about it as something that is up in the heavenlies in the spiritual realm, not here on earth. He talks about it as being here on earth and not here on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's just look at a few of the different ways that Jesus talked about the kingdom, okay? Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field, it is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants, it grows into a tree. And birds come and make nests in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration, the kingdom of God, of heaven. um, Both of these could also be translated kingdom of God. Is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is limitless. And it's nurturing, it's life-giving, just like the mustard seed that grows up into this tree that that uh, provides nourishment for others. Just like the yeast in the dough jo- in the dough that uh, makes bread, which would have you know to, to ancient people would have been pretty miraculous, right? It would been whoa, you know, science at work in in a pretty uh, crazy way. But Jesus yeah. is saying, hey, listen, the kingdom of God is not limited the way you expect it to be. The kingdom of God is not can be seen in very small things and very small ways but it is not limited to that and the kingdom of God is ever expanding and the kingdom of God brings nourishment and the kingdom of God is life-giving clearly it was important to Jesus right here's what he said in the the where Matthew chapter 4 verses 16 through 17 summarizes the the, the subject the title of of Jesus' sermons and the thing he was teaching over and over. He says that from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, turn away from your toxic selfishness, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this is, again, this is this grammar of it's arriving now and it will yet arrive. And this is also a way that what is set in these words and in this grammar and in the other words of Jesus attached to it includes this thought of your life on earth is not promised to you tomorrow. Now, now is the time to turn to God and receive the kingdom, value the kingdom. Jesus clearly spoke about the kingdom of God in terms of priority above anything else in our life. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. And that first word is first in rank, first in order, first in value, first in priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus is saying, hey, You're worried about, you're working towards, you're focused on things that can satisfy you in the here and now here on earth. None of that is going to last forever. None of that should be as important to you as the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke with power now what what kind of people what can we expect from the kingdom of god well jesus teaching Matthew chapter 5 verses 3 and 10 we see what kind of people are going to be in the kingdom of god blessed are the poor in spirit that's people that have humility people that are aware of their spiritual need they're not proud they're not puffed up they're not self-righteous they're not looking down on everybody else there's some spiritual humility there um that's still relevant to us today. I, I, I bump into Christians where there's a fair amount of spiritual pride. Oh, Pastor Ben, your messages are so simple, I can understand. Yeah, but are you applying them? Are they actually real to you, right? Like, look, blessed are the poor in spirit, the people of spiritual humility, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You don't have it all figured out. We're in this together. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. The kind of people that are in the the kingdom of God are people with spiritual humility and people who are willing to do the right thing, even if there's difficulty for it. Luke chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus giving his followers instruction for extending uh, this kingdom. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of heaven is near you now. Again, kingdom of heaven is here and now is coming and will yet come ultimately, is what Jesus is saying. But he's saying it in the context of instructing them for healing miracles. When people receive a gift of healing in their physical bodies, tell them the kingdom of heaven is here, it's coming. I think one of the great summaries of the kingdom of God of the evidence of what 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 it does what a value a priority system of valuing the kingdom of God above other things is summed up really well in Romans chapter 14 verse 17 and Romans the culture of what was going on in Rome and the culture of what was going on for the believers in the church in Rome I think is very very relevant to urban american christians more so than maybe ever before regardless of your culture um, and so I think this summary is really is really helpful for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the context here is that, they, that uh, they're addressing controversies where people were disagreeing to the point of condemning each other about what they were doing um, and how they were living and what they were choosing to eat, what their practices were. There was spiritual pride, there was controversy, there was argument, there was hurt, And what is being said here is, hey, let's live in such a way that will not distract someone from Jesus. Live with a priority on unity within the church, trying to build each other up. That's the context of these verses. And so wrapped up in the kingdom of God. As evidence of the kind of people that will be in the kingdom of God, the kind of people that show they have a value system, a priority in the kingdom of God is where there is righteousness. And what is righteousness? It's important that we really understand that. Righteousness is, it includes healthy relationships of loving respect between us and God. Okay. A healthy relationship of loving respect between us and God. I'm submitted to God. I'm loving God. I'm worshiping God. I'm doing what God wants me to do, right? And healthy relationships of loving respect between us and other people. That's righteousness. That's what that word means. So people that have this good, healthy life going on, relationships where there's loving respect between them and God and them and other people, that's the people that are in the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is not about... what we're eating and drinking today. It's not about the things that you might be worried about today. It's not about the things that are temporary pleasures in this life today. No, it's about this righteousness, healthy relationships, the loving respect, and peace. And this is that we've talked about this word. It's very important. This is a peace where everyone in the community is brought to full health with loving respect, there's no more conflict, and it, it's coming into a state of completion. It's a progressive word, it's a constantly working forward word, it's where that we are leaning toward a place where we have peace, where there's completeness, there's wholeness, a holistic loving peace between people and what we also see here is kingdom of God is about joy which is a state of happiness of being content I'm at peace I'm content with what's going on but I'm also happy I I realize God has blessed me with new spiritual life and I can have a sense of humor I can enjoy life but it's a joy right that comes from God because all of this it says righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit It's a close personal relationship with God where I'm listening to God, the Holy Spirit, who's guiding me in truth. That's where we get the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm walking with that. And it is directly about my relationships with God and my relationships with other people. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. Now, I don't know about you, but you might be thinking wow, okay, um, that doesn't really totally describe me, and it definitely doesn't describe my relationships with other people currently, or it definitely doesn't describe things that I'm seeing in my neighborhood or in my city. Um, I, I want to just bring us back to, and, and, and maybe you have time this week, pull up Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, and, and let's have a look at what the value system we should have in our relationships with each other and 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 the kingdom and and we're praying we want to be praying god would you let your kingdom come in me the same way as it is in heaven in me your righteousness peace and joy in me in my family in my home in my neighborhood and in my city what do we get from jeremiah chapter 29 verse 7 in my city seek the peace of the city pray to the lord for it for in its peace you will have peace we should be praying for working towards the kingdom of God in our city it's not just sit back and all wait for Jesus to come and then it'll all be ultimately fulfilled we are looking forward to Jesus coming and the kingdom of God being ultimately fulfilled and all that's going to mean but we have purpose here and now I know that praying is uh, through all these things isn't always easy But it's important. It's a journey that we can share together um, and something that we can encourage each other in, something that we can grow in. It's really important for us to think about this. But I know that seeing the reality of what's going on in us and our neighborhoods and in the world can make this difficult. Um, It's definitely a prayer that requires faith. And so I want to go just a little bit deeper. Augustine says God is reigning now. But just as a light is absent to those who uh, to those refusing to open their eyes, so it is possible to refuse God's rule. This is the cause of all our human problems. Since we were created to serve him, and when we serve other things In God's place, all spiritual, psychological, cultural, and even material problems ensue. All humans were created to be serving God, loving God, walking out the ways of the kingdom of God. And when we don't, when we refuse it, that's where these problems come from. John Calvin believed that there were two ways God's kingdom comes. Through the Spirit who corrects our desires and through the Word of God which shapes our thoughts. Remember, it's both kingdom come here and now and the kingdom is coming soon with the return of jesus martin luther added this the reign of god on earth is only partial now but the fullness of the future kingdom is unimaginable all suffering injustice poverty and death will be ended to pray that kingdom come is to yearn for that future life of justice and peace and to ask that your future kingdom may be the end and consummation of the kingdom you have begun in us, right? We're saying, God, through Jesus, through salvation, you've given us new spiritual life, and you've started this righteousness, peace, and joy on the inside of us, and we need you to be faithful to complete that work in us. But God, we also want to see your kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in our relationships, in our home, in our neighborhoods, with our friends, with our family members, with their co-workers. In our close personal relationships and in the larger circle of relationships. God, we, we want to see that. We want to see your kingdom come between us, between each other. In our relationships and with other people. Wow, G- Jesus had a genius in instructing us to pray about it. It should be a frequent daily prayer, not with words that are meaningless, but words that have power and that that we actually understand what we're asking for and we're thinking through and we're applying it. Um, and then we're thinking through, we're aware of the difficulties, the challenge, the problems in our neighborhoods and in our city. Uh, you know, we have a crisis of, of uh, homicide, revenge killing, uh, gun violence in Baltimore City. We have a crisis of, Um, like there is all around the U S of opioid addiction, uh, fentanyl, heroin, you know, cracks still, um, we, you know, there's, um, poverty, um, and in a lot of cases, um, honestly, well, in in every case, needless uh, poverty, God, um, shares thousands of thoughts about how we should, uh, relate to people who are poor in, in the scripture. And so in a lot of different ways that could be even beyond what we're capable of doing by ourselves, we are living in a world where we want to see the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy come in a very real and powerful way in ourselves, in our thoughts, and our attitudes, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, right? all the things that I just mentioned. And so we start with this man, I'm praising God. I have a father who uh, is all powerful and loving, who's in heaven, who's transcendent over these things. And we're in the drama. We're in the thick of it pretty quick when we're praying, may your kingdom come soon. Here on earth as it is in heaven, may your kingdom come soon. Um, and I think that we can get overwhelmed. If we're not praying about this, if we're not reminding ourselves frequently that God who is in heaven, who's transcendent over all, has the power to do something and wants us to call out to him. We can get overwhelmed if we're not frequently reminding ourselves of that, if we're not frequently reminded who we're talking to. God can do something powerful, something meaningful um, in all of the areas that are in front of us. And so, This is a way to help us not be overwhelmed. It's also a way to help us not be distracted by selfishness, calloused and uncaring about the brokenness and the damage and the difficulty that is around us in the world. It's really important for us to not be like that. For us to not be selfish and distracted and calloused and uncaring um, or compassion fatigued. This prayer will help us care about other people, help us care about the world around us, help us care about the state of our own homes, our lives, uh, but also help us care about uh, the city and the nation and the problems and the challenges that are. And so it, and it brings us to a place of making contact with all-powerful God and our broken world. We've set our focus on, most of our attention is on all-powerful God. And then we are also alert to the brokenness in ourselves, in our neighborhoods, our homes, and our world. And we're praying, God, would your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? This is so important. It's very helpful. So, I hope that today even now, as soon as you're done watching this video, that you will start to engage in this prayer, use this prayer, go deeper with this prayer, use it as a pattern for you to start to pray your own words from. Will you allow me please uh, to pray for you today? God, I thank you for your great love. I thank you that you are more powerful than any other you're worthy of our praise. I thank you, God, that you are not overwhelmed by the problems and the challenges of our day, of our nation, of our neighborhood, or of our home. And that you have instructed us to pray like this, to call you into action. Lord, it's not always easy. Sometimes we get worn out. Sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we, we forget. Sometimes we are not believing. Please forgive us for those things. Forgive us for those thoughts, those actions, those decisions. Forgive us for that. Help us to come into close personal relationship with you, praying through these things in a way that is real, in a way that is powerful, um, in a way that is moving forward. Help us, God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus to move forward. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. Amen.